I used to get so nervous doing these. And now I'm just nervous that Steph is sleeping and it's 12.44 a.m. And I'm doing a podcast that I promised mess I wouldn't do tonight. But there's a lot to talk about after that Oilers game. And if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you've seen that I like to talk. Big fan. Probably had 100 tweets tonight. Apologize to those of you who follow me. Wow, just looking now. I've never seen this before. Your tweets earned 6,211 impressions over the last 24 hours. That's up from 204 at some point. Don't know when. Jeez, that's it's a lot of tweeting that went on tonight. Um Yeah. Flames fans Flames fans got got uh their backs up about uh a tweet that really wasn't like trying to mock them. Yet, as soon as, like, I don't know, they just, they said to, I can't remember who I said it to on Twitter, but, like, you know, if that would have been an oiler and Matt Kachuk beating them down, I would have said the exact same thing, which was, and this was, if you didn't see it, Matt Kachuk holding his head as Cassie and was trying to get at him, and I tweeted, Flames fans won't be able to live this lived down this pick for a long time which is true like i mean like it's it's not like trying to not trying to say oh this is like i didn't say this is what flame the flames are this is how a flames fan would react nothing stupid like that i'm really pointing out the fact that it's a bad look of a picture and that Oilers fans are going to give it to them about it for a long time. And Flames, like, some of the Flames just went nuts. Not a lot, but, like, so, let's see. Rob Jacques said in response, Rob Jacques was a beauty. Oh, I see there's a new one that I'll have to get to here. But, anyway, Rob Jacques, my buddy Rob. He uh, he said, sure we will. Your guy was in the box for 16 minutes. And I said, yep, that'll be more remembered and laughed about it because I was laughing at the time. Uh, another guy named Larry pointed out of which the lames, as he called them, couldn't even score a power play goal. Add to that, the Oilers scored... When they went. So anyway, Rob Jacques, my buddy Robbie here, said, waited till after the game. said, but who won the game? And I said, that ever so vital November 17th win. <laughs> and then another Flames fan jumped in and said, says the fan of a team that will miss the playoffs by two points. <laughs> and I just kind of said, okay, good one. Because, like... These are bad chirps. I know we live in a PC world, but I'm still not afraid to, you know, throw a haymaker at one of these people if I have to. And I don't have to. I really don't have to. 
If the Oilers may miss the playoffs by two points, okay. I don't think I'll be thinking back to this game. You know, I'll probably be thinking of ones that more recently happened. Um, the other thing is, I, you know, if I'm a Flames fan right now, like, I'm not, you know, glass houses, bud. <laughs> the Flames have, The Flames have also underachieved here. Like, just because you've underachieved less, like, I've never understood that, and I don't, those who know me, I don't like to get into the whole, you know, fanboy shit. And I, I get into it when the teams are playing, but away from that, I really don't like to get into the fanboy shit where, oh, I hate the Flames, I love the Oilers, I hope the Flames are 31st in the league, I hope the Oilers are number one, Woo! eat shit, Flames! No, I don't. Uh, just I, that's just not me. You know, I I just I don't I don't do that. I'd rather the Flames be one of the better teams in the league, and the Oilers knock them off in. You know, probably you know I'd probably prefer a sweep as the series is going on. But you know, if the Oilers beat them in a classic seventh game, that'd be something that I'd probably get pretty aroused by uh, as the years would go on. Uh, you know, that '91 series. You know, probably in the moment, Oilers fans were thinking. Oh fuck! They blew a three-one lead, but tell me you wouldn't. You know, tell me you'd do that over again. You wouldn't change a damn thing. You'd let Flurry slide across the ice at Northlands. You'd, you know, you'd let it all happen for that moment when Essatique and ripped that short side shot over Mike Vernon's shoulder, top shelf, won the series. Like that's that's where I want to beat a team. I don't want them to suck. But anyway, that's I'm in the minority on that. So my buddy Rob, I gotta get to this one that I didn't read. And I didn't mean to have this be soups on tweets tonight, but or this morning, because it's already past midnight, so it's Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, Jason Riley, whose Twitter handle is at Jason R eight two eight eight zero zero five four. I'm sure this is legit. Uh Sure we will want sure we will we won two four LOL How about McDonald's Trustling Trutling at the end of the game when Kachuk and Bennett went after him? Some captain coward LOL Oh dear lord Okay I gotta respond to this guy That's good. That is, wow, that's, we won two, four. I don't need to, to say anything else. <laughs> oh, fuck. Let's get a good gif on this. Let's. <laughs> Where is it? What a fun podcast this is, by the way, so far, isn't it? Are you having fun? Are you not entertained? I've gone with that one quite a bit. I've heard I've heard that one quite a bit lately. All of a sudden, Russell Crowe's making a big comeback. Gladiator, hell of a movie, hell of a movie. Uh, I want the laughing gift, please. Just give me. Oh yeah, here's a here's some good ones. There's oh yeah. yeah. 
Oh, there's some good ones. There's there's Mike, my man Mike Tyson. I haven't used him in a while. <laughs> oh, there's there's a response for Jason Riley. Okay, now that I've responded to my pals, the Flame says. By the way, uh, there was one other one. I won't get into um, my back and forth with him. We'll say. And if you wonder why I say it like that, go on Twitter and look at the people who I went back and forth with the most. You'll understand why I talked about him. Okay, on to... Oh, that that was another good tweet that I had about Man Bear Pig. Some idiot doesn't think Man Bear Pig's real? (laughs) What a schmuck. Okay, uh... There's no way to sugarcoat it. A loss to the Flames last night would have been a piss-off. The way the Oilers lost it was just horrific, humiliating, embarrassing. Go down the list. It was it was as humiliating as if you were turtling on the ice after you were scared shitless to fight a man your own size. And in your own weight class, by the way, HNIC. Oh, man. I, I'm glad I didn't see the post-game show because apparently, like, the panel was just slobbering all over the Flames' cocks. And uh, it's just, oh, man. I I don't know why that is. I really don't know why that is. Like, it's something weird. It happens behind the scenes that I don't know about with this, like... Like <laughs> when I say the national media, often I'm just talking about the Sportsnet guys and the TSN guys. The Sportsnet guys in particular have a weird obsession with the Calgary Flames. I don't know if it's because of Kelly Rudy's influence. I don't know if it's because of Ken King's influence, but there is something very weird about that. You know, when like like I love Elliot Friedman. He. I mean, let's connect some dots here. He does Calgary Radio twice a week, not just once. You know, he's he's been caught kind of bashing the Oilers on there a few times. And I don't think, I really don't think Elliot Friedman has anything against the Oilers. I think Elliot Friedman is very fair about the Oilers. But I think Elliot Friedman and others, not just Frege, look at the flames with rose-colored glasses for some weird reason. And so, like, I'm scrolling through Twitter. I turned it off after, uh, kind of because I didn't want to hear what they had to say. And, oh, shit, I was just reading through Twitter. Like, they were groveling over Giordano. Like, uh, the same Mark Giordano who looked awful on that first goal? The same Mark Giordano who looks awful just about every game the Oilers and Flames play. That Mark Giordano, like, guy's not a number one defenseman anymore. He was. I was one of his biggest fans when he was in his prime. He ain't in his prime anymore. (sighs) But I got to stay on track. The Oilers, I mean, they had them. I don't know how else to put it. 45 minutes into the game... It was one-sided. 
I mean, it was 2 nothing and could have been 3 or 4 nothing. You got to cash on those breakaways. Oh, man. But, I mean, it wasn't just that. Flames couldn't make a pass. Like, they, there were so many times where you could just see body language-wise, they were just so rattled. I think back to that play where Brody had the puck behind the other's net for good, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds looking for someone to pass to. And eventually just threw it out, and it ended up being an Oilers odd man rush the other way. Like, they just had them rattled, man. And the Oilers didn't step on their throats. And that's kind of the prevailing, one of the prevailing themes with the Oilers as a team the last 100 games or so, is that they're not a bully. And they need to be. You need to be a bully. Like, you know, they were great for, well, I don't want to say they're great, but they were comfortable and in control of the game for 45 minutes. Well, what happened in those 45 minutes? The Flames were trying to go toe-to-toe with them physically and getting owned, getting absolutely destroyed. The Oilers were very comfortable. Then as soon as it turned into a speed game, the Oilers, instead of trying to drag the Flames back into that fight, let them. Because that's what the Oilers' mentality is. Is they want to be a team that can play it any way, but they're not a team that can play it any way. And so you need to play it your way. You know, like the Winnipeg Jets are a team that can play it any way you want. And I heard Jeff Merrick, I think it was this week, say on something, might have been Hockey Central at noon, might have been 31 Thoughts. He said it somewhere. Like, those are his favorite teams. And I agree. Those those are the teams you want to build. Teams that can play it any way you want. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what kind of tone the game takes on. You can play it that way. And that's what the Oilers try to do, but they can't. They're not built to play that way. They're built to bully teams. And so they were bullying the Flames because the Flames initiated that tonight. They wanted to play. They wanted to go toe-to-toe with them. The other said, oh, fine. And that's why, like, first period, if you go back again, I go to Twitter, but you look at my timeline, I'm laughing because I'm like, what the fuck are the Flames doing? And I'm not saying it as an Oilers fan who's trying to piss on the Flames. I'm saying it as a hockey fan who's, like, saying, what the fuck? This is not your game. What are you doing? And what happened? The Oilers shit-kicked them. And then once the Flames, once the game started dying down and the Flames figured out they weren't going to beat them playing that way, and they just relaxed a little because then the the Oilers took their foot off the gas physically, the Flames were like, okay, well, we couldn't beat them that way, but we're going to skate. That's your game, Calgary. That's your game. And they humiliated the Oilers. Humiliated them. That third period was a disgrace. I don't want to hear about fatigue. Yeah, they looked fatigued. They totally looked fatigued. But that was a disgrace. They couldn't win a fucking draw. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not, you know, you can't skate, you know, you get you get exhausted chasing a team around their, your own zone. That's one thing. You can't win a fucking draw. Who that's that's a little bit more than fatigue. That's a team just not just quitting. In my books. That is quitting. <sighs> Just, yeah. Where do I go next? Where do I go? Because, I, I mean, you know you know the guy. If you're an Oilers fan, you know the guy who I'm going to absolutely kill in this podcast. 
there's one guy, and I'm going to kill him verbally. And I, I oh man, um, I gotta go to a couple other things first. Um, one thing I'll say: Oilers got screwed around by the refs again tonight. And I'm not saying that cost them the game, and I know I always bitch about the refs, but I mean, if you watch that game, basically the refs punished the Oilers for being the tougher team. Like, take for example, Matt Kachuk's the third man into the McDavid Backlund scuffle, clearly takes a cheap shot at McDavid, and he doesn't he doesn't even go to the box for it. Dry gets the extra two. Huh? Huh? Like the the dry sidle slew foot. I, I'm okay. I'm not trying to be a homer here. I really try not to be a homer. That didn't look like his foot caught Kachuk's foot, which would be a slew foot. It looked to me like dry sidle got him. And as their momentum both went on both of them, yeah, both their feet came up, but there was no contact made. You know, a slew foot, you know, you hit a guy and you get your skate against his foot, the back of his foot. I don't think there that, I don't know, I just the one angle that I saw. You know, and it wasn't a penalty that really affected the game, but it just looked like a really soft call and then you know the refs broke up the fight once nurse was just getting set with bennett i oh yeah 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 i'm not and i'm not blaming it on the refs for the game i'm just as a hockey fan i watch the oilers more than any other team so i notice it more when the Oilers are playing and of course yeah there's a bias i'm not gonna say that there's not but holy shit holy shit you know, six minutes in penalties for Cassian on that play against Kachuk? Six? Why six? Why six? What? Oh, the 10? Okay, yep, give him a 10. You want to calm the game down? Yep, give him a 10. Six minutes in roughing penalties is what they called it? What, what the fuck are you doing? What? Seriously, I'd love to say to the ref that called that, I'd just love to say, hey, bud, explain six. For roughing. Explain that. That's such a... Like, it's one of those calls that it's just like, okay, I'm okay with it, but it looks shady when you give him six. You know? Like, (laughs) it just looks really shady. It just looks like a guy who's saying, well, you know... I don't know. Make of it what you want. But I don't know. It just something. It, it, <laughs> it just does. It just does. Do you ever see that called? Lucic didn't even get six for roughing it with the Tampa with Matthew Joseph. It was the same thing. Six for roughing. Like. If the Oilers are down one nothing, is it six? Calgary's down one nothing at that point. And Backlund's got a penalty. So <laughs> like it 
when I say shady, you're probably thinking that I mean, oh, well, he had money on Calgary. No, 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 no. Nothing to that extreme. What I'm saying is Backland had two, and so he didn't give Cassian four for roughing like he should have. He had to put it to six so that the Flames would then get a four-minute power play to wipe out what Backlund did. Like, in his mind, it's like, okay, i got to give him six here because Backlund's getting two, and, like, that's... This has to negate that. So I'll give him I'll give him six, and then the Flames can have a four-minute power play because they deserve a four-minute power play for this. Like, that's that's the mentality of an NHL official right there is we don't we don't uh like to follow our rule book so we just make it up as we go along Cassian gets 6 because Backlund had a penalty okay <laughs> And again, that had nothing to do with the game, like costing the Oilers the game. But it's just an example of, like, this league, I have been saying this for a long time now, and I won't, sh- and the reason I won't shut up about it is because the media won't say shit, and fuck me, if I ever get a voice, you best believe I'm gonna fucking run at them. Hard. Because the way they fucking officiate this game, is and it's not the refs. This is the way the refs are taught to officiate it. And the way the league asks for it to be officiated. You know, Stoffer put out a tweet at the end of the first period. League's more worried about protecting Matt Kachuk or the Matt Kachuks of the league than they are the Connor McDavid's. And he's right. He's right, man. Kachuk gets every call in the book, just like Brad Marchant. That is not a coincidence. The rats run this league. So you know what the Oilers have to do? If Todd McClellan's still the coach for another week or so, you know what? And he'll never do this. And it's fucking embarrassing. It's a disgrace. But it's the way that the league has gone. So what the Oilers need to do is become a scumbag team. It's too bad for the 2011 Vancouver Canucks. They were a team ahead of their time. If they were, if they come around right now, that'd be the best team in the league because they were loaded with scumbags. Loaded with them. Burroughs, Lapierre, Kessler, Torres was a headhunter and just dirty. And it's too bad because Rafi Torres, when he was in Edmonton, and, you know, it, it was, I, I'm not just saying this because he's an oiler, but when he was an oiler, you were seeing 20-goal seasons. You were seeing a lot of his skill in addition to being a hard hitter. As his career went on, this would have been the same had he stayed in Edmonton. As his career went on, he couldn't he, – like he, I don't know if he lost his hands, lost his confidence, whatever happened. But he just became a headhunter. I'm not saying he didn't get guys with headshots in Edmonton. You know, the one, the one that I always thought – people the media went overboard with was the mark smith one in san jose that kind of changed that series was it mark smith no mark smith got ryan smith that's right it was uh torres got mahalik 
That's what it was. So anyway, when he got Milan Mahalik, that was viewed as a turning point in that series because it fucked up the Sharks' lines. The Sharks had two awesome lines in those playoffs, and it fucked up their lines because Mahalik was out for the series. Eh, eh. You know, Mark Smith caught Ryan Smith with one in game one. That's, of course, that's where I got the mix-up. Exact same hit, or very close to the same hit. And because Smith was healthy, it was never brought up again. <laughs> Which is another problem with the way the league is and the media covers it. But anyway, um, yeah, but the Oilers need the Oilers need to play. Zach Cassian uh, is is becoming more of an instigator again, like we saw in 2017. That's good. The others need some scumbags because that's the way the league wants it. So that's what needs to happen. Milan Lucic, for all the heat and all the piling on that stupid fucks want to do nonstop and just want to complain about his contract, like, you know, like it's breaking news that he has the worst contract in the league. Keep it up. Not your fault Todd McClellan plays you on the top line when you shouldn't be. And I got that. I understood that for the second period. 100% got that. Third period, game had calmed down. Hey, Todd, make a fucking adjustment. It's just like, oh. (sighs) Yeah. So Matt Kachuk. I feel like I'm jumping all over, and I'm not going to listen to this back. This is, oh, man. I'm glad I don't listen to my own podcast because I'm sure I never finish a thought. So Matt Kachuk, I wish he was an oiler, and I'll never deny that. If he was on my team, I'd fucking love the guy. And he is, from everything I've heard, awesome kid. Awesome kid off the ice. Let's get two things straight. He's a complete bitch. And from now on, I'm calling him Claude because he's not his dad's kid. He's not Keith's kid. No, 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 no. He's Claude Lemieux. He proved that last night. He is Claude Lemieux. Congratulations, Flames fans. I'm sure each and every one of you thought Lemieux was such a piece of shit when he played. Now you got him on your team. And I'm not saying it's not effective, but it is disgraceful, like we saw tonight, where he's just a chicken shit and is only tough when he wants to get in McDavid's face, and then anybody else asks him to go, and he's just a chicken shit, right? Um, why does it sound like my computer quit? There we go. That's back to life. Uh but the the one thing that I'm going to watch for as his career goes on, if he doesn't start backing it up more, remember this happened in his rookie year with Drew Doughty. What was, I can't remember what the thing was with the Kings. And he can fight. It's just like he's scared to. He can actually fight. And if he doesn't start backing it up more, and people say, well, he didn't have to. That's his game, man. He's getting, see, he's getting, you're talking about him. He's getting guys off their game. Okay. Like, he got beat the fuck down all night, and the Flames weren't cashing on anything that he took. And then he tried to go after McDavid and got fucking drilled in the face by Lucic. 
<laughs> so he did not like. Okay, well, he's he's getting him off the game. Well, he did nothing to McDavid and got dropped for it and didn't draw a penalty. But cool. Like, like, what's going to happen? The league won't do shit about the way he plays. You know, like, the league's going to reward it. So I'm not blaming him for it. But what will happen, or what I'm going to watch for, is his act to wear on his teammates if he doesn't back it up more. Because remember, Mark Giordano got fucking drilled by Lucic in the second period with a clean hit, may I add. And Giordano looked, I mean, I don't know how he wasn't in concussion protocol for that, quite frankly. Now, you might say, well, it wasn't a headshot, and he didn't hit his head on the ice. Yeah, but he went off slowly, and just because you didn't hit your head, doesn't mean that you avoided a concussion, just so you know. The impact of the hit can cause a concussion. So good job by the concussion spotter, just like to point out. But, and by the way, this is this is just my little hot take, which is not in any way a popular opinion, because s- some guy... Again, I'll call him. Uh, went after me on Twitter, and uh, you know about how with the Kachuk thing, how well he was protecting his head, and you're making fun of it because of concussions and people die and commit suicide because there's something stupid like that. Like just went to the absolute extremes of it. Uh, never mind the millions of people who have been in that situation in the past and have been just fine from it and not had those issues let's point out the few that have on a scrum what was essentially a scrum and so anyway um yeah it was i'm not trying to downplay and i'm not and, and here's here's the take and i'm not trying to downplay concussions or anything like that but uh, at the at the same time, it's how, how do I put it? I don't know how you put it and be nice about it. Maybe I'll just shut up and move on. <laughs> Plus, I'm kind of losing my train of thought, and I wanted to make this quick one tonight. And as always on Soups on Hockey, it is not a quick one. <sighs> but yeah, the Kachuk's gonna get his guys. All his guys clock cleaned. I I didn't I missed the hit on Goudreau, but I'm pretty sure Goudreau took a big shot too from someone. And I can't remember who it was. And that's in response to Kachak being a dipshit. And this is like, you know, I talking a little out of school here. Scott Hartnell's a local guy, you know, a year older than me, from Lloyd. You know, I, I don't know Scott, but obviously a ton of ties to, you know, a lot of people who know him well. And even people who are in hockey. I'm not sure if this really comes from the local people or if this comes from hockey people that I that I know. But, like, Scott wore out his welcome and played very similar to Kachuk. He wore out his welcome in a lot of his stops. Like, the fans loved him and stuff. And I I think his teammates loved him. Don't get me wrong. But 
I had heard that there was a lot of, yeah, we love him, but we can do without him because he's getting to the point where he's doing more harm than good when he won't back up his cheap shit. So what ends up happening, a lot of cheap shit starts happening to the other team because you can't fight. Can't fight anymore. Like we're starting to see a league that Brian Burke warned everybody about five, six years ago. You take out fighting, cool, you better have your refs ready to ready to enforce the rules rather than manage the game. And the league hasn't made that adjustment. Matt Kachuk, Brad Marchand, these are the types of guys who are really starting to take over. <sighs> Fuck, I wish I could remember what I was going to say. I think it was something along the lines with concussions of how the players aren't blameless and, you know, they know what they're signing up for. You know, and I, I just, I know that's not a popular opinion, and I hope I don't piss anybody off by saying that, but I do get a little tired of the media always being like, well, it's the leagues, it's the leagues, they're doing it. They're not. They're not holding a gun to these guys' heads and telling them to get out on the ice. Think, yeah, something to do with the concussion spotter. Oh, that's what it was, is I was going to say the concussion spotter, I'd rather not even have him. That's what it was. And I mean, it's not because I don't want these guys to be checked out for concussions. It's because these guys look for any way to weasel out of concussions any chance they get. So, like, <laughs> you know, Mark Giordano probably should have been checked out for a concussion tonight. And where was the concussion spotter? Because Giordano never went to the room. I'm pretty sure that's probably what happened with Kachuk is that he wasn't really hurt. He had to go get checked out early in the game. Anyway, okay, I got to move on. What are we looking at for time? I see Donnie got back to something I said on Twitter. That a boy. Thanks, buddy. Um, Koskinen was great again tonight. If there was a highlight for the Oilers, other than the fact that they're the tougher team, uh, which doesn't mean much when you lose, uh, Koskinen was awesome. He's the number one guy. It appears that the head dipshit behind the bench has figured that out. It's one adjustment that he didn't take his sweet-ass time to make. Uh, Won't start tonight, but he's the guy. And, you know, I'll say this. You know, one thing about the game tonight against Vegas, Talbot, step the fuck up. Because the team needs a win. Team's struggling here lately. That's five of six. Five of six? Yeah, five of six now. They've lost five of six, all in regulation. Not good. Not good. You can lose five of six in this league. Two or three of them need to be an OT. Five of six in regulation, that is terrible. You know, um, but in saying that, Koskinen, he's the guy. I would better see him in San Jose. I better see him start in Anaheim. Probably go back to Talbot for LA with how the Kings are playing. And, you know, you're not going to ride Koskinen into the ground. You got to kind of treat this with kid gloves and make sure he can handle a heavier workload. But I think he can. And I, I just, I just see a guy who forces the team to really have to work for their goals. 
yeah, that's that's kind of the easiest. Like nothing's easy with Koskinen. You can kind of score, and and the and the team's so much more confident in him. Uh, but yeah, it is as frustrating as the night last night was. That third period, as frustrating as that was. By the way, Kyle Duffin, if you're listening, <laughs> I mean, bud, we're both Oilers fans, so I wasn't gonna like go after you on Twitter or anything like that. But oh man, that response to my tweet <laughs> just kept replaying in my head a million times. <laughs> Oh man! As soon as you tweeted me back, that I thought, "Oh shit, that's that's a bad sign." <laughs> they were when the Flames scored that power play goal. You could just tell. I don't know something about. I'm pretty decent at reading body language on teams, and I don't like. I can't explain it. I don't know if it's just feelings or whatever, but. Um, the way teams celebrate, maybe it's just from watching sports for so many years. You just kind of pick up on it subconsciously. The way teams react to goals, uh, the way the Flames reacted to that power play goal was, holy shit, we've been this badly outplayed and it's only a 2-1 game. And you could just see their confidence just right up. There's the Todd McClellan whistle for my buddy TJ. Fuck! Like as soon as that happened, the Flames. It was almost like, okay, we finally scored on the power play, and I think they probably figured too that because the power play had finally clicked, that the Oilers were going to get less physical. Like it's almost throwing a little bit of water on that fire when the Oilers are beating the shit out of them, and the Flames' power play just looks atrocious. Then, oh, I can't even say that fucking word. Just looks disgusting. Let's just stick with disgusting because I can't say atrocious. <laughs> uh, I'm not smart, eh? So <laughs> the Flames power play looks disgusting when, when the Oilers are beating the shit out of them. As soon as they score, the Oilers get neutered a little bit. You know, the Oilers all of a sudden, they look like Matt Kachuk when Zach Cassian's beating them down. You know, so they they quit playing physical. Probably had something to do with it. The Flames got confidence, started skating. That was it. That was the game. If the Flames, if the Oilers kill that penalty off and the Flames power play looks disgusting still, I don't know that, you know, I kind of think that the Oilers end up probably pulling away maybe three four one i mean who knows what happens after that but it was for me that was the turning point in the game they clicked and it was just like they knew and the oilers knew okay now the tone of this game has to change because we can't keep going to the box and it was clear too that the oilers weren't getting a lot of even up calls in that one Again, I know I bitch about it all the time, but it's like, eh, just, you know, you hear all the time in the NHL, you know, about how these even up calls are coming, and it, it's weird because they don't. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I know that the power plays, you know, usually end up equal, but you know, there was a couple times tonight where the Oilers were kind of deserving of the even up call, and I just, I'm not sure what the Flames penalty was that was like not deserved. <laughs> Whereas Leon Dreisaitl got two for <laughs> being the fourth man in when. <sighs> anyway. Um, okay, here, here's the thing, Oilers fans, uh, before I get to my guy, fuck, I haven't even got to him and we're 40 minutes in yet, and I'm going to go off, as frustrating as last night was, they're better than that, and they should have won the game, Flames were great in the third, I think the teams are even, that's my opinion, when both teams are going good, they're even, the Oilers completely quit. It was an absolute laugher until, you know, that I think that goal was scored like 342 left in the second. Up until then, the, up until that power play goal by the Flames, it was a laugher. It literally was. And I was texting one of my buddies and saying, like, this feels like the Oilers are just going to blow them out. So Flames won't stop trying to match them physically when they could just outskate them, which is what happened. With the way Koskinen is going, it's a playoff team. I have no doubt in my mind that the Oilers are a playoff team. Koskinen keeps up what he's doing. McDavid wasn't overly good tonight, or last night, sorry. Still kind of tonight for me. Uh, I know he scored, but he just, Darcy McLeod said it on Twitter. He didn't look right. Hopefully it's not like a sickness or an injury, but he just... He just wasn't going good. Nuge wasn't going real good tonight. Clef, or last night, sorry. Clefbaum wasn't going real good last night. Like, most of the Oilers' top guys, like Dreisaitl might have been the best player, uh, the best skater for the Oilers. A lot of guys weren't overly good. Um, We all know, I think, I think all of us know, coaching change is badly needed. But if Koskinen keeps playing this way, they should be able to overcome that. Even that. Because I don't think a coach can have that much of an influence on the team. I don't think Tom McClellan's a horrible coach. I don't think it's like a Dallas Aiken situation where it was just like, wow, he's actually having a negative impact on this team. I don't think it's gotten it's to that point with McClellan. But he's just not doing anything to get them wins. Um, you know, the one concerning thing is... I kept saying in this six, 16 game stretch that just started last Sunday against Colorado that they should go about 10, 5, and 1. And to this point, they've used up two of their five losses. And so there was three. Really, what they've done is they've used up their other losses because I said there was three games that felt like for like certain L's. One of them's coming up on Tuesday. Um, You know, we'll see. San Jose hasn't been great this season, so we'll see if that's actually a certain L. But I put it down as one. Winnipeg was another. I think they're in Winnipeg again. Or maybe they're at home. I can't remember. No, they're in Winnipeg again. And then there was another one that I can't recall. So I said 10-5-1, and they've already used up two of those five losses, and I said that they had three sure L's in those five, uh-oh. 
I mean, you can make them back. You can win Tuesday, obviously. But I don't know. After playing that bloodbath of a game and now playing Vegas, who are not playing on a back-to-back and playing, and the Oilers are playing 22 hours after, I know Vegas has been shit all season, but looks like it's going to be an L tonight too. They really, again, I'll say it, they really need Talbot tonight. Cam Talbot wants to get some trust back in his teammates. He needs to step up. Now, let's get rolling. What do I got here? 40, 44 minutes, Kate. Well, who I've been saving this last 15 minutes for is my good buddy, Todd McClellan. There was something the other day that came up, and I haven't done a podcast since I thought of this comparison. Colin Cowherd, at the start of the NFL season, made a comparison. I love Colin Cowherd's football stuff. NBA stuff, eh, he can piss me off. Colin Cowherd, when it comes to football, I think he's one of the best. If you want to just hear NFL talk, I think he's one of the best, if not the best, to listen to. He made a comparison with Belichick coaches trying to be like Belichick. Not trying to coach like Belichick, but trying to be like Belichick. Got thinking the other day. Is that Todd McClellan? Todd McClellan was an assistant coach and really rose to fame, so to speak, uh, as a hot coaching uh, candidate around the NHL when he was an assistant for Mike Babcock, who some, if not a lot, of people would consider the Bill Belichick of the NHL. He doesn't adapt like Babcock. You know, Mike Bab- why I think Mike some disagree with Babcock being the best coach in hockey. Why I think Mike Babcock's the best coach in hockey is the same reason why a lot of people felt Scotty Bowman was the best coach forever. Mike Babcock has taken two teams to the Stanley Cup finals and now he's and this Leafs team make no mistake, this Leafs team will be in the finals and win a cup here one of these years real soon. They will. Trust me on this one. So he's going to take three teams to the cup. Okay. Um, Who did he take to the cup final the first time around? It was the 2003 Anaheim Mighty Ducks. With one guy who was really talented playing terrible hockey for him. That was Paul Correa. Uh, A Hall of Fame center who was 39 at the time, I think, couldn't skate, (laughs) and then plugs, literally plugs, throughout the rest of the lineup, and a, you know, hot goaltender, who was wearing equipment that was 90 sizes too big for him, but whatever. Uh, That team, he took to the Stanley Cup final, Then he got to Detroit, and he had the polar opposite of the type of team that he had in Anaheim. Stars everywhere, offensive skill everywhere. They won a cup. They went back to the final again. The coaching job he did in Detroit, and trust me, that was his coaching. By 2008, it wasn't about 
Detroit buying a team. Now Mike Babcock has this super young team that he's been the one developing. You know, he's a large part to credit for the development of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And what's happening? They're developing under him. He didn't really have to develop too many guys in Detroit. I mean, he did. But by the time he got there, Datsuk and Zetterberg were already stars. You know, in the 2004 season, they kind of emerged. Uh, You know, it wasn't their rookie years, but that's when they both kind of started to take off. So by the time Babcock got there, they were already, you know, two of the best in the league. He's had to develop the Leafs, and he's doing that too. So he's going to take, so if as long as he takes the Leafs to the final, Babcock will have taken a team full of plugs, a team full of vets and stars and big egos and big money, led them to a cup and another finals, game seven. And he's going to take a team that basically he developed and they started from scratch under him to the final. Completely different scenarios. It's going to get the most out of all three teams. Todd McClellan doesn't get the most out of any team he coaches. He is not Mike Babcock. He just tries to act like Mike Babcock. His post-game scrums, you know, his, his makeup, he tries to act like Babcock. He ain't Babcock. And that was the point that Cowherd was making is that a lot of Belichick coaches, a lot of them don't work out because they try to act like Belichick rather than coach like Belichick instead of doing being their own guy. There's one thing in life that I hate. It's people who aren't themselves and they try to be someone they're not. I had an instance the other night. I won't get too detailed because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but talked about it with one of my buddies. And I just said after the fact, the guy was kind of being phony. And I kind of, we kind of talked about it after the fact saying, like, he doesn't have to be, if he would just be himself, like, we like the guy when he's just himself, but when he tries to be something he's not, that's when we can't stand him. And you just see it. It's an insecurity thing. That's Todd McClellan. He's trying so hard to act like Mike Babcock instead of trying to coach like Mike Babcock. You know, Mike Babcock wouldn't treat Yesse Poliarvi the way that Todd McClellan did. Poliarvi, by the way, big night in Bakersfield last night. Apparently, first two games looked terrific. Uh, it sounded like Friday night he was really, really engaged, bowling people over, like just like, you know, that's... Matt Moswich on Twitter is saying like he 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 was crushing guys. He was very physical, which is hey, I don't expect that out of him, but hey, if he's going to be like that, hell yeah. Let's do it. Babcock wouldn't run him out of town. Kyler Yamamoto under Babcock, you'd be seeing a lot more skill out of Yamamoto cuz Babcock would recognize, "Oh, this kid is highly skilled. Let's utilize that rather than let's find a way to fit that his game into our scheme rather than Todd McClellan saying, hey, play our scheme. You don't play our scheme, you're out. Yeah, play our way. 
You know, if it was just Pulley you would look at it and go, oh man, maybe he's a bust. Pulley in 2017, when he went down to, were they Bakersfield yet, or was it still Oklahoma City? I think it was Bakersfield. Uh, looked pretty damn good. Had comparable numbers to Rantanen in Bakersfield. Last year, had a lot of games after the others were done. And so McClellan maybe wasn't as focused on the team playing his system as he was maybe trying to develop him. Had, uh, had some games where he looked dominant. I always bring up that Vancouver game. He was dominant. If you're a bust, you don't dominate a game like that. I don't care about the numbers. No, no, he dominated the game. And if it, anyway, it was just Pulley That'd be one thing. So many guys offensively flame out under Todd McClellan. It is not a fucking coincidence. Think about Taylor Hall's last year playing under Todd McClellan. What do you have, 50 points? Think about Jordan Eberle's last year under Todd McClellan. Think about it. Looked pretty shitty offensively, didn't he? Goes to the island. Looks a lot better. Guys don't thrive offensively under Todd McClellan. Because Todd McClellan has an outdated system that he will not adjust. Todd McClellan needs to be fired. And he needs to be fired... Because the game has passed him by. Todd McClellan. Now the game shouldn't pass him by. But it is. Because he refuses to adapt. He needs to go because he's no longer a fit for this team. He needs to go because the team doesn't look like they really buy into what he has to say anymore. Maybe mostly. Todd needs to go because he knows he's done. And right now he coaches night to night to save his job rather than doing what's best for the team. I don't blame Todd for that. But to have these fucking red wine meetings where they're and letting them leak out to the press, like that's the worst thing. That shows you how fucked Daryl Cates' Edmonton Oilers organization is. Is when Lowe, Gretzky, Shirelli, Nicholson, all these guys, their red wine meetings where they talk, oh, should we or shouldn't we fire the coach? Uh, like, imagine being at work and having a gun held to your head while four or five guys ask if the trigger should be pulled or not. How are you going to do your job? Yeah, I'm not a Todd McClellan fan. But because they're sitting there debating whether they should fire him and letting it out. Is it any shock that this guy's doing the horrific job that he's doing? I mean, here's the one example. I tried to save this and then, you know, I didn't bring it up earlier. But this the one example of how horrible his coaching has got. I brought it up the other night. After Dreisaitl and McDavid looked so good, I said, 
why wouldn't you try separating them? And, like, you look at Calgary's roster, Calgary is has more depth this season, a bit more, not much, but a bit more, and their defense is really thin. So they've got a very legitimate number one pairing, even though Giordano's slowing down and Brody's overrated. That's still a very legitimate number one pairing and better than what the Oilers have. Not trying to piss on the Flames completely, just look at them logically. So why wouldn't you have the Flames make a choice? Make Bill Peters make a choice going into tonight's game. Remember, McDavid and Dreisaitl, when they hooked up for that goal, 4-on-4. Totally different. You could do that 4-on-4. I'm okay with that. 5-on-5? McDavid and Dreisaitl weren't effective because Calgary can get all their all their guys out there to shut them down. That's one reason. So either Dreisaitl and Nude should have been on a second line and forced Bill Peters' hand because either, okay, Dreisaitl and Nuge are going to eat up Hamannick and Hannafin, who are not a second pairing, or not a good second pairing, or else you put Hannafin and Hamannick against McDavid, or the third option is you force them to split up Giordano and Brody, and then you get two kind of average pairs rather than one good one. You know, or you run three centers all by themselves if you're the Oilers. You know, you just brought in Ryan Spooner. You want to put him on the wing. Cool. Nuge centers his own line. Dreisaitl centers his own line. And, of course, 97 centers his own line. Spread it out. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. Dreisaitl and McDavid looked amazing against Montreal. We ride them. We ride that line. How about this? Coach to the fucking situation, you fucking moron. Is it that tough? Adapt. And I just made a fucking excuse or tried to look at it logically for McClellan and how he's got a proverbial gun to his head, and that's why he's become a worse coach this season in my mind. But it's clear the man won't adapt. (sighs) I got to get going. Man, don't you love me bitching about McClellan and bitching about the refs and bitching about how the Flames get overrated by the national media? I never bring up these topics, so it's good I got to mention them all tonight. 58 minutes, uh, somehow I'm going to be done. I could go all night, but if I, I guess I'm going to end this with this. Uh, yeah, they're going to lose to Vegas, California trip, uh, two or three. Two or three, losing San Jose, beat LA, beat Anaheim, two or three. So probably come back a game under 500. Uh, I doubt Todd McClellan's going to get fired. They're just going to talk about it some more. Uh, I, you know, those holding out hope for Joel Quinville, doubt it. If I had to guess, I'd say if they fire McClellan, Gullitson is the interim guy for the rest of the season, and he maybe brings in someone else to be another assistant. I wish Joel Quinville, even though I, I kind of think the game might have passed Quinville got by too, I still think just from the respect factor and the confidence in his ability and confidence in his job stability factor, Quinville would be a big upgrade, but 
I don't know. Anyway, uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Doubt I'll get to do one uh, for the Vegas game. At least I won't do one Sunday night because I got hockey. You won't see the game again. Big game for the Flyers Athletic Club out in Lashburn. Hope everybody can join us, 730. Uh yeah, this was soups on hockey. This was probably terrible. This really wasn't funny. Go read my tweets because it's kind of funny how people go after me. And I'm done.